Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS. And that link will be in the show notes. It's the stories that we're telling each other that are so important. So rather than making it like this technical thing, like taking videos and photos, of course, all that's great. But more than anything, it's paying attention and listening and asking and exchanging that wisdom and the knowledge. And, you know, you can't ask those questions when they're no longer with us. So I think the biggest issue in our culture now is we just don't have the patience. Welcome to the Less Stressed Life podcast. This is your host, Krista Bigler, private practice integrative nutritionist, helping people across the U.S. reverse digestive issues, eczema, and autoimmunity via phone and video consult. To learn more, visit lessstressednutrition.com. Now, on to the show. All right, today on The Less Stressed Life, we have an encore uh, guest back. It's Dave Romanelli. Remember, he was here, gosh, I think last year um, talking about his book. And today he has a new book. But Dave is a wellness innovator. He is um, the author of an Amazon number one bestseller. And he seeks the wisdom of our elders before it's too late. Dave initiates connection and conversations between the old and the young. Our elders in their 80s, 90s, and 100s fought in World War II, survived the Holocaust, marched for civil rights. They are our most precious resource of wisdom and history. Yet most elders lack a voice in popular culture and live out their final years in isolation. We can do better and we have to do better. Dave creates an ongoing series of events called Drinks with Your Elders, bringing the old together with the young and communities across the nation. This inspired Dave's third book, Life Lessons from the Oldest and Wisest, which shares elder advice on parenting, marriage, loyalty, resilience, and having a sense of humor through all the ups and downs. So I can't wait to learn more about some of this wisdom today. Welcome, Dave. Thank you. I know I can picture your book. It's got a big smiley face. The last one, right? Happy is the new healthy. Is that what it's called? I didn't want to mess that up. Okay, yes. Cool. cool. So you can go back and listen to Dave on that past episode. I'll, I'll look up the number here. But Dave, today we're talking about conversations with elders. So I'm curious about how the drinks with elders happened, right? Like you've always had an affinity for this population. You've really appreciated the things that they've taught you, but you're taking it on a new step, right? You're, you're creating communities across the nation. Tell us how that's working. Tell us what happened with that and how you're facilitating that. I come from the yoga world and I, for many years I was teaching yoga and, and then meditation and do these workshops all over the country and kind of built a, a network of students and a community 
Um, and, and in the midst of all that, my last surviving grandparent passed away in 2010 and she was in an old age home in Los Angeles. And I, I saw that she was sort of unhappy and disconnected from life. And that's really how I, a lot of older people are, is isolated, lonely, lacking a voice in popular culture. It's hard getting old. And, you know, we kind of put old people out to pasture. So when she, last grandparent passed away, I, I just took a really big interest in the elder population and realized that they, they have stories and history and wisdom that are often fascinating. And most of the time they have no one who's listening to their stories and wisdom. So I started doing these events called Drinks with Your Elders, where we bring old people together with younger people to listen to their stories, to share, exchange information and wisdom and guidance. And at first, it's it, it's not been easy to get people into a room together of different ages, but it's getting easier and the crowds are getting bigger and people are reaching out wanting to kind of do these events on their own. And I, something is building here. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm really curious about this because I think about, well, I feel like I could do this in my own community. So... I mean, I hate to put you on the spot here, but when people want to do this, if they want to take your framework and bring it to their own community, what does that look like? I mean, there's not so much a framework. That's the thing about this. It's like there's old people all around you all the time. And it's it's sort of a matter of perception that we, a lot of times we just don't see them. We feel they're obsolete or they don't have anything to add to our, our business. You know, so we, we just don't see them. But they're waiting in line behind you at the grocery market or they're sitting alone at the airport or they, they live next door on the street. And it's just a matter of engaging, stopping and engaging. If somebody wanted to do an, an intergenerational event, it's really could be as simple as just inviting, having starting with a dinner party and inviting an elder to join you and a few friends over conversation at dinner. I mean, that's that's a, a great starting point. Yeah, yeah, you make me kind of giggle because I think about um, my old friends and how much I love them because they're kind of like my grandparents that I lost, you know, at not a super young age, but young enough where I'm like, oh, well, you're gonna be my standing grandparents. So uh, I get yeah. that. So let's talk about, you know, what spawned this new book. So you're having you, you, drinks with elders is happening, right? Yes. Um, you're continuing this journey. And then what like you're just hearing so many stories, right? Tell me tell us a little bit more about this. The new book is based on or inspired by all of these intergenerational events that I did over the last few years and, and hearing the stories and realizing I've learned so much that's informed me as a parent in my marriage, um, bouncing back from difficult times, just realizing that when you're looking back on your life, it's very different from looking forward um, to, to what's to come. And perspective is so valuable when you hear what these people went through. And, you know, surviving the Holocaust, fighting in World War II or the Korean War, uh, marching for civil rights and the, the the oppressiveness of racism back in the day. And still, I mean, still oppressive, but, you know, it was really intense in the 40s and 50s and 60s. And so you just there's just a lot to learn. And I was inspired to put it in, into a book and and hopefully I, I can help other people out there who are my age or younger or a little bit older. Um, on navigating the journey. I mean, right now I've got two small children. Um, you know, you're you're working to make ends meet as a professional and balancing. You're trying to keep your marriage healthy, and life is intense. <laughs> and you know, it's like what I realized when I talked to older people. It was it used to be even more intense, and 
there's conveniences and advantages to modern times that they didn't have back then. And so it's like, okay, I can, I can do this, you know, and we need those, those shifts in perspective sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you make me think of something. So recently, where I live, I'm in a small town, and everyone reads the newspaper here still, which is lovely and heartwarming because I have a thing for newspapers. And so recently, a gentleman who grew up here wrote quite a long series about his experience at the in the Vietnam War and people really loved it. He came he basically had a homecoming and had like a reception at the local museum and it was a big hit. And it got me thinking about my parents who don't even live in this town. They live actually several hours away. They receive our local newspaper, I guess so they can keep up with what we're doing here. And um anyway, it got me thinking about my dad as a Vietnam veteran and he never talks about it to us. And so I was thinking about um how I'd be curious like you really wish you sometimes could know some things, right? Even if people don't want to come out and talk about their history. So if, you know, to give, if I wanted to, if someone who listening wanted to preserve the memories and stories of their loved ones, you know, what would you suggest? Because for Christmas, I was looking all over for like one of those books that says, uh, there's like books where they can prompt and remind and have them write down different things. Like when I was your age, blah, 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 blah. But you know, what are some tips you have for people looking to preserve memories of their loved ones? I mean, there are services and companies that do that, but I think it's more like the it's more like the stories and the asking the questions that matter more than anything. I mean, I just sat with my brother last night, who I don't think he feels like he was close enough with our grandparents, and he wishes that he had them around still and that he could ask more questions. And I think like it's the stories that we're telling each other that are so important. So rather than making it like this technical thing, like taking videos and photos, of course, all that's great. But more than anything, it's paying attention and listening and asking and exchanging that wisdom and the knowledge. And, you know, you can't ask those questions when they're no longer with us. So I think the biggest issue in our culture now is we just don't have the patience to listen. If it's not like a two minute soundbite, you can post on social media. It's hard to listen. And old people, older people sometimes, you know, it, it kind of goes on and they talk in their own cadence and sometimes it's not in chronological order and it's a little bit harder to follow, but you can, if you engage and you're really committed to it and you're patient and you're willing to sit and spend the time, you, something special comes from it. Yeah. So tell us about some of your favorite things, favorite stories, favorite pieces of wisdom that you've taken or maybe that are in the new book. I mean, I'm sure this has been a labor of love for a few years. Who know? I mean, you can tell us how long, but share with us some of those, your favorite pieces, some of your favorite stories or favorite pieces of wisdom. Yeah. I mean, there's the most intense, um, are the Holocaust survivors, which just give you this really profound sense of perspective. Um, you know, I've spoken to several who were living in, in a, one of them was in um, Hungary. Another was a couple of them were in Germany and, you know, lovely neighborhoods like the, the, the beautiful parts of na- Germany or Hungary and well-to-do families. And, you know, then there was Kristallnacht, which is the night in 1938 when the Nazis just did a, a, pogrom, a pogrom and uh, invaded and vandalized Jewish businesses and homes. And all of a sudden, their parents were taken to concentration camps. They never saw them again. And they were refugees or they were in the, the concentration camps and alone in the world. 
14 years old, 11 years old, having gone practically overnight from this beautiful, idyllic life in a lovely European capital to being alone in the world, on the run, fighting for your life, having lost all your family. And you hear these stories. And and one of the Holocaust survivors said that sometimes her grandchildren will complain about their issues. And she'll tell them, honey, you don't you don't know what issues really are. And and you and you need that shift in perspective. Yeah. And that's where that's really powerful. And then there are just random stories. Like there was this one lady I was talking to, and she it was totally out of context. And she was telling me that she worked in hospice. And there was her first day in hospice, there was a young mom in her early 30s who was dying. And they she went to her room to see if she could help. And the young mom um, was, you know, didn't look too good. And this lady that was telling me the story, you know, she's in her 80s now. And she said she just started crying. And she was so sad to see this the plight of this, this mother of young children dying. And she started crying and the young and the mother who was dying said, why are you crying? And she said, I just feel so, so, so sad. I feel so terrible. And and the lady said, well, don't feel terrible. Can you shave my legs? And she said, I don't want to die with hairy legs. And so she thought it was the strangest request, but she ran and she got a razor and shaving cream and she shaved her legs and she died later that night. And she said to me, I learned in that moment that you have to meet people where they are, not where you think they are. Meet people where they are, not where you think they are. And that was so interesting to me because the next day I was driving with my one-year-old daughter in the car and we were in LA traffic and my daughter's crying in in the back as one-year-olds do. And I I couldn't figure out what the problem was. And I, I handed her her cookies. She didn't want her cookies. I turned on the kids music. She didn't want the kids music. And finally I said, what do you want? What do you want? And she says in her one-year-old voice, hold hand, hold hand. And I put my, my, you know, my, finger back there and she wrapped her little hand around my finger and she was so happy and that's all she wanted and it, it made sense to, to meet people where they are rather than where you think they are and so it's important to ask and understand more intimately and more deeply what, what people really need and not just don't just go in with the assumption that you know what what people need I love that story what a great gap you painted between uh the story from the first day to your one-year-old the next day I love it keep telling us stories yeah, and then some other ones were just about um, – I'm just trying to think. I have so many stories. Um, a lot of the, the, the single moms who lost their husbands very, very young and raised four kids and put you know, three of them through college on their own. And, and I said, how did you do it, man? My wife and I are struggling with two kids. And she said, I, I ran a really tight ship. And we were really strict and we had rules and I never stopped telling my kids how much I loved them. And that was the secret to, that was how she did it. She just really, she was tough, but she had, she showed a lot of love. And another lady, she said they, she couldn't, she was worked so much. She could never make it to her kids sports games or practices or plays but she would get home from her waitressing job at 2 a.m. Her mom was babysitting. You know, she would go in her kid's room and they were fast asleep and she would just sit on their beds and run her hands through their hair and just 
love them as best she could when she could. And now in her adult life, her kids are grown and they're adults. And she said she has a very close relationship with her kids. And again, it's like, you know, I think as parents, you think you need to, to buy your kids the right stuff and make sure they're, they're doing the right things. But at the end of the day, it comes down to, to love. And I think that's what our kids remember is like, you loved them as best you could when you could. You showed up for them as best you possibly could. And that, to me, was really refreshing to hear those kind of stories. Mm. I love it. Um, part of it, why it's so valuable, of course, as you are well aware, to take these lessons is that this is the first time we're ever living today, right? So we can't go back and repeat this. Maybe we will have regrets. Maybe we will not. Maybe everything is just um, everything builds up and we and we learn as we go. But, you know, when you have children, for example, like with this woman's story, we don't have the opportunity to redo that, right? Like this is the one shot we have at that. So if we can learn from someone else's experience that we particularly resonate with, um, you know, that can help accelerate us or put us that much farther ahead or, or help us let go of the things that don't matter and put more um, effort in the things that do matter. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned, um, I think it's interesting. I mean, you got into this area, Dave, because you said you were in the yoga world and you mentioned something off air about about yoga and wisdom. And that might not be common knowledge or everyone might not be fluent in that. Tell us about that little bit of a, like why you felt so inspired, like why you feel so attached to this wisdom sort of. Well, the wisdom of elder. Why do I feel so attached to the wisdom of elders? That's the question. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's like, it's a whole lifetime of hard earned wisdom. What, what do you, at the end of your life and you're looking back, what do you want to share and what, what really matters? What's important? And I have almost never heard, I don't think I've ever heard an older person say to me, well, I earned all this money and we lived in the nicest house and we had all these awesome cars. You never hear that stuff. You, it's always about the relationships that, that really matter at the end of life. It's, it's not what you, accomplishments at the end of life or not what you have to show for yourself, but who's showing up for you. And so, a lot of old people don't have people showing up for them. They're super lonely. And it's like, the people that have loved ones, friends, relatives who are showing up for them day in and day out, like that's probably a reflection of, of their investment in those relationships when they were a lot younger. And, you know, it's, it's you got to think about that because we spend so much time and energy on things and we work hard so that we can achieve and earn and buy more, more things at some sense of the time that we be spending the ones we love. And at the end of the day, like, you know, I've got, like I said, I keep telling you, I've got little kids right now. And I keep thinking to myself, sometimes I'm really tired and I just want to sit on the couch and let my kid do his thing. But at the end of the day, it's like, I got to sh- I want to show up for my kids right now. And I want them to show up for me and we got to show up for each other. And I think we need those reminders. So that's, that's why I think the wisdom of someone looking back at, from the very end of life It's really, really meaningful. Yeah. And I mean, I would say that we need these constant reminders. One, I'm glad you're coming to talk to us about this today because I feel like we need constant reminders, right? It's so easy to fall off the horse, right? We need constant reminders to be on the horse, to to be showing up for the people that are most important to us, for sure. Yeah. So, Dave, um, you know, if – what's your – if I could ask you one thing, this is a common question people get on this show, you know, what's your gut reaction from the wisdom you've collected from the older generations on something you can do today to start improving your life? And maybe you've answered in a different way and you just want to reiterate it. But you know, if you could take one piece, if people can take one piece from this show, what would you want them to take? If you don't have an elder in your life, 
someone in their 80s, 90s, or 100s, you would be better off for having someone in your life from that generation who you could talk to and spend time with. And because they'll exchange their wisdom with you and you'll exchange your rejuvenating relatively youthful energy with them. And that exchange is very important. We need it. Mm -hmm. I love it. So Dave, where can people find you online? DavidRomanelli.com. And um, I have a Instagram at wise elders where I post the stories of the people I encounter and speak with. And I have Drinks With Your Elders events coming up in Chicago, Houston, and Dallas in January. And that'll be on my website. Oh, cool. But yeah. You're traveling. But you also have a podcast. Don't forget to tell us about your podcast, Dave. What's it called? Okay, so I have a podcast called 18 Minutes. And I share stories and wisdom, again, from the older generation. And um, I've kind of redone podcasts lately. So they're short episodes that you can listen to to help you relax and fall to sleep at night. Oh, I love it. Perfect. Thank you for that. That's, that's good stuff. Everyone can use some of that. Okay, Dave. So DaveRomanelli.com. Uh, the book is called Life Lessons from the Oldest and Wisest. Thank you, Dave, for coming on and sharing a few of your favorite stories. Uh, it's just kind of like a fun, fun conversation to be having. Thank you so very much for having me on. One of the best gifts you could give us at The Less Stressed Life is your feedback. We are paid in podcast reviews. If you enjoyed this or any other episode, please leave us a review. In the iTunes store or from your podcast app, just search for Less Stressed Life as if you're not already subscribed. Click on the banana face image, scroll to the bottom where it shows the text of other reviews, and write a review. While you're there, hey, make sure you hit subscribe. For Android or Stitcher users, you gotta go to the desktop site and search for Less Stress Life and then scroll down to leave a review. Stitcher doesn't load Apple reviews on their site, so if you want, you can leave a review in both places. Your feedback means a lot to the success of the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that. You rock. 